Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. We're looking at a spate, or what may become a spate of legislation that is being signed into law by the president. Once he signs it into law, it is law. It is, it ceases to be a bill, becomes an act, and then the, uh, brown stuff hits the fan. Um, now what the president has done is signed into law the Employment Equity Amendment Act, and it has some very serious consequences on private sector companies, uh, which, you know, we, we believe, and uh, we'll go into one day at a later stage, are, is fundamentally unconstitutional. And coming up will be the, uh, what's the next act? The Electoral Amendment Act has just been uh, passed, and that is a matzo pudding. To discuss the Employment Equity Act, I have uh, Rod Harper, who is a director of Cohen Harper Madikizela Incorporated and was the head of the firm's employment, benefit, industrial relations and discrimination practice between 2009 and 2022 and specialised in employment law, benefits and discrimination. He's, had, he's dealt with thousands of cases at industry and company level on Huge on a huge range of issues and has been involved in more than a 100 reported cases which have shaped and developed South African employment law. And I think I can safely say that Rod is one of the original developers of what of South African labor law as it now stands. Rod, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. And um, uh, thank you for the invitation. Pleasure. Um, Rod, can we start off, you know, to give our listeners an idea of, of what we're looking at, of what, what the original Employment Equity Act um, provided and, and the, the consequences of that before we look at the, the current amendment? Sure. Um, given our history of exclusion of certain groups from the, the main economy, the Employment Equity Act was designed to promote affirmative action employment equity, and also to discourage unfair discrimination at the workplace. And and I stress at the workplace because there are other statutes which deal with um, discrimination in other spheres. Mm -hmm. Generally, the the employment environment has lived with the Act for for a considerable number of years. Um, And now the new Act or the amendment has come into, into force and it has a, shall I say, or almost authoritarian quality to it and will have an impact on both the establishment of, of, of businesses and the creation of employment. And surely we need to do everything we can to encourage the creation of employment. Yes. Well, the, 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 the best manner in which to promote, um, Employment equity is through economic growth and, and job creation. And if you look at countries like Singapore and Malaysia, the, the legislation has been coupled um, with uh, the, the core issues of economic growth and um, job creation. So in, if you don't have economic mm. uh, growth, you have very little job creation, and that makes it very difficult to place job entrants uh, into positions uh, a statute cannot replace that situation. 
Uh, and that's part of the problem that government has is that uh, we do not have sufficient economic growth. Uh, in fact, we hardly have any economic growth uh, at present. Um, and it's, attended, it's decided to amend the statute with a view to, to strengthening uh, the requirements on affirmative action, em, uh, employment and, and employment equity, but uh, it will be a difficult task uh, without having the other uh, requirements. Mm. It's, it's fundamentally an economic issue. Mm. M- most things in life are economic mm. issues. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's something we've sort of gone on and on about, and there seems to be a disconnect between sort of legislation like this and, and the, the economic policies of the government, because there's, despite years of saying that this is how economic growth benefits a society and it will come through largely the, the private sector, not the public sector, there's no change in that respect and there is so much we would need to do to achieve the economic growth which as you said I think uh, the IMF has rated it at 0.1 percent which is you know I think they just said 0.1 because they didn't want to say 0.0 but uh, be that as it may but what are the what are, what what are they looking at specifically with require with with respect to affirmative action, and what companies are expected to do? How big a company how big a company has to be to be required to to implement these uh, these um, amendments? Yeah. Okay. So so there are a number of shifts uh, which take place in terms of the employment. Um, Equity Amendment Act, which probably will become operative um, later this year, possibly um, September. The, the first thing, and I think this is good news, and it's a commercial approach um, at last from government, is that if you employ under 50 employees, then you're not required to comply with the affirmative action and employment equity provisions. You're still obviously required to comply with the discrimination provisions mm. to ensure that you that you don't have um, a, an unfair discriminatory environment at the workplace. So that releases small employers from this from these onerous uh, regulations. Uh, this should have been dealt with in the beginning. It was completely uncommercial, and and the small guys simply could not cope. Uh, with this onerous level of regulation. And, of course, you want economic growth mm. and job creation from that uh, group of um, people. Um, the second issue is that um, government is now setting sector targets. Mm. Uh, I stress the word target. They have not used the word quotas, but that's in debate as to whether it's actually a target or, or a uh, quota, right. and, and targets are going to be set for each uh, industry. Consultations have already taken place with some industries um, in anticipation of the Act. Uh, there's a wish to seek consensus uh, on the issue, um, and this may differ from, from industry to industry. One, one must also bear in mind that um, in relation to... Uh, representation of groups. There's been a massive shift which has taken mm. place over the past um, 25 years. In the banking industry, for example, um, uh, the representation of black employees is, is, is above 70% at, at many of the banks. 
So, so, uh, so that's the second issue. The problem area, and this is what you alluded to earlier, is that the minister will be empowered to issue certificates to those employers who successfully meet the numerical targets for the sector. Mm-hmm. When, when you do not meet the, the target, then uh, the minister is entitled to decline to grant a um, certificate. There is a way of dealing with that problem. You can make representations, but but that's another issue. And the upshot of that is an economic or commercial implication. Mm-hmm. And that is if you don't have the, the, the certificate, you will not be able to tender or receive government contracts. Mm-hmm. And that's defined as state organs, and there's a broad definition of state organs. It's very, very broad in yeah. nature. Now, the strange thing... Uh, about that, and 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 it goes back to your issue about the conflict of of laws uh, against the policy of economic growth uh, and so on. If if an employer is not granted a certificate and is dependent on state contracts, so for example, take an employer in in the medical supplies mm. industry which sells products to the Department of Health. It would then have to retrench employees because it's lost the majority of its work. Mm -hmm. So this would have a detrimental Mm -hmm. effect rather than a a positive effect. Mm -hmm. And if there's a shortage of skills in that industry, uh, say pharmacists or or medical scientists um, or or, or allied skills, and one simply can't find people, that could be detrimental. Mm -hmm. Yes, one one will be able to make um, representations. So it, it could it could impact detrimentally if not dealt with properly. Mm. And and there has been mismanagement mm. of the Employment uh, Equity Act over the past 25 years. There's been a lot of case law uh, on it, um, people not being appointed, um, who should have been appointed, promotions not being granted, and, and it goes um, on and on. And then um, tied to that is another issue, mm-hmm. which, is, which is incredibly important. And that is in, in any... Employer, you will have employees with different views. Some may have racist views. All of us come from certain histories. Um, and we've seen racism across the board uh, in this country. We look at the announcements of, 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 of some of the EFF leaders, which are pure racism. <laughs> so you can put in the training on, on a non-discriminatory environment. And you, you can install the policies you, you can do take a whole host of measures to try and promote employees mm. to engage in an appropriate manner. But you need one rogue employee. I'm going to call him a, a rogue employee. I'm glad it's him. <laughs> yes, but, and I'm using the masculine tense. So you need one rogue employee who engages in unfair discriminatory behavior, either because he loses his temper or he's involved in a fight, um, uh, or simply because he has deep-seated uh, racial attitudes. And there, the CCMA issues an award for over the past, uh, within the past 12 months against that employer. That employer will not be entitled to obtain a certificate. Mm. So a single employee could destroy mm. a company mm. through that kind of behavior. So the training is going to have to be massive. Mm. Um, and, 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 and I don't want to be misunderstood on this issue. It's a small group of employees sure. who might engage mm. in that kind of be- mm. behavior. Comments like, 
those whites mm. or those mm. uh, in general terms. That's pure racist behavior. So that's a danger zone for, for employers, um, and they're going to have to give a lot of attention to this work. Mm. Uh, and bear in mind that you can conduct a disciplinary inquiry, you can dismiss the guy, but you can still lose the CCMA mm. uh, in the CCMA or the Labour Court in relation to discriminatory behaviour because of a single employee, mm. because there's joint and several mm. liability. So there's going to be a lot of legal development on jo- joint and mm. several liability in, in, in this context. The points you raise, uh, perhaps I can make two comments that you, um, comment, you can respond to. The one is that the, from what you've just said, is it, and the idea of, of obtaining certificates and being um, monitored by the Department of Labor, suggests a very um, a fairly aggressive involvement in the workplace. And the minute the the government gets involved in too many aspects of private sector work, it's going to be costly, it's going to cause problems, it's going to limit uh, employment, etc. But one of the things that I find disturbing about the idea of, you know, representativity, and, and supposedly it would be judged... Uh, by, from uh, uh, from company company or sector to sector, is the very idea that you know that pure representativity or something close to it is very very difficult to achieve, and it's partly difficult to achieve because of decades of very poor schooling. So you don't have enough people coming up through the ranks. Notwithstanding the fact that ultimately, say for you know, the, the, the government's obviously concerned that that whites will take get jobs that blacks should be getting uh, in terms of affirmative action the numbers you know don't, the, the numbers of 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 potential white applicants is is growing smaller and smaller so the the the, the natural commercial imperative is to employ more and more black people just, you know without reference to any other um with any other factor but you've got that problem where you don't, you don't necessarily have the skills. I mean, it's been pointed out at, at ESCOM, um, where you have people who are qualified, but haven't got the on the job training necessary to take things forward, which we know from legal experience, you, you have to have, you can't just walk into a firm and start practicing law and hope you're going to get away with it. And the other thing is you've, or, or you've, you've got people who are not competent, not fully trained, whatever it is, it may not, it may, it's not necessarily their fault, but the provision of skills to a, to a workforce to a workplace is very tricky and to to put numbers to it and to put particularly it depends on obviously on the on the sector because some sectors have more of a problem than others it just depends on the nature of the sector but it's 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 unnatural it, it it's it's not how life works in a functioning economy um as I say, sectors differ. Some, some you, uh, particularly if you've got a, your high skill levels required in your workforce, you may, you're going to struggle necessarily at this point to meet those uh, those requirements. Now, I mean, obviously, I think we've also reached a stage where employers, by and large, are not going to seek in any numbers to avoid employing uh, black employees. So this. This, imp- this intervention by the government seems excessive, and as you say, it's the, 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 the numbers just don't bode well for, for achieving economic growth. The, the, our real imperative at the moment 
is employment at whatever level. And, um, it's, you know, it's, it's that classic story of, you, you know, you can't make a progress unless you get your foot onto the ladder. And that's, and that's my concern about the intervention of government. It's, it, it wants to play too much of a role of, of coming into that process and not leaving it enough to the private sector because it doesn't, it has a very un, un, distrustful relationship with the private sector. Yes, yes, yes. I, I think it's improved slightly, mm-hmm. uh, and especially because through, through the, the issue of necessity mm. with, with the energy crisis. But, but I, I, I agree with you in general. Um, I think uh, the fact that the minister can decline to grant certificates uh, is very concerning. Mm. Um, uh, there's no doubt that he'll have to have um, a backroom team analyzing this process um, and advising him on whether to grant or not grant these certificates. There is a process for the certificates to to be uh, granted, uh, but that is potentially um, a problem, um, and it's probably going to lead to reviews mm. of the minister's decision. Mm. So that's going to be another area of legal development mm. because the minister is now directly involved. And I think, Sarah, one of the issues is is that there's often complete naivety about why one can't achieve the targets, mm, mm. Um, either because of shortage of skills um, or, or a problem with the educational system. In, in the legal sphere, uh, we are finding the quality of graduates coming through are not where uh, they should be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the law schools need to, need to look at this. Um, so that, that's just one issue mm. uh, in, in one particular uh, sector. There's a really huge competition for, for, for black, inverted commas, black skills. Mm. And we are seeing employees hop from one job to another, uh, because they're offered 500,000 rand more, um, at, 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 at another company. Mm. And with this situation and the potential loss of, uh, these certificates, you're going to find there's, there's going to be even greater competition in relation mm. to uh, appointing employees. And that's why, as labor lawyers, we've been putting in a lot of um, retention mechanisms. So if you remain with an employer for a certain period, you pay the special bonus at the end of that period, or you, or you awarded shares at, the, at, at mm. the end of a period and so on, with a view to, to actually retaining employees. This is going to become a very, very difficult mm. issue. Coupled to that is, is the Employment Equity Act discounts the importance of experience. Mm-hmm. Experience is fundamentally important, important. When managers are training junior engineers, foremen, supervisors, and other employees, the issue of experience is incredibly mm-hmm. important. You go from university in, in, into the workplace, you do not have experience. And that issue, and that's a problem because it leads to a training gap mm. in relation to hands-on training. Mm. Mm. Um, so, so that's also um, a problem. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think that's an incredibly important thing, and I think this is partly this is what they discovered at ESCOM um, is the the the, tra- the the being exposed to the experience of the people who have the institutional um, knowledge has been has been missing and you cannot get away from that i mean my own experience when i joined when i joined you as an article clerk i mean 
it's worlds away from your academic experience, absolutely worlds away. And and you, you, if you don't have the one, you're not going to have the other and vice versa. So it, it really is a problem in that respect. Um, Rod, may I thank you very, very much for joining us. Um, there isn't a piece of legislation we don't discuss that doesn't have lots of issues to deal with, <laughs> not always positive. But uh, thank you very much for that insight. Thank you. Thank you.